This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Madden Monday here on Trib Live and the Fans First Network. Tim Benz and Mark Madden. Mark from 105.9 The X can hear Monday through Friday on The X 3 until 6. Lots to talk about in his show. Lots to read with me at Breakfast with Benz and lots to talk about here as the Steelers Whatever offense they move forward with after Matt Canada in the first game against the Cincinnati Bengals, it has regressed and then some a deplorable performance against the Arizona Cardinals. Bad weather, bad injuries, bad game, top to bottom. Mark joins me right now to talk about it. Did I leave anything out, Mark? Was there anything else horrible about what took place at Akersher Stadium? He was just a scapegoat. And I said that for, for months. I said that dating back over a year into the past and and now it's being proven true Kenny Pickett stinks that's the problem he absolutely stinks uh, he started 24 games he's thrown multiple touchdowns once had a passer rating of over 100 once thrown for over 300 yards once and as of today he's left games injured a total of four times that's the problem they drafted a bum in the first run as a quarterback and no one wants to accept that. And it's, like, amusing when when Trubisky comes in, how everybody cringes in fear. Oh, my God, he's the turnover guy. Well, yeah, but maybe he's the throw-for-a-touchdown guy once in a while, too, which he did today to no great effect. But you know what I mean, Tim? It, it amazes me, amuses me, confounds me that they just rip Trubisky to shreds and don't see that Pickett absolutely stinks. Pickett hides in plain sight. He's real awful and people ignore it. You use the phrase to no great effect, and I think that's a perfect way to describe the entire offense. I mean, that 130 yards rushing didn't amount to anything. Pickett and Trubisky combined for a passer rating of 98.8, which I feel like a couple weeks ago he would have killed for. It amounted to nothing. It was just a feckless performance from the offense top to bottom. Yeah, and then you have Deontay Johnson dancing when he scores a touchdown to cut it to a 14-point deficit with under five minutes left against a 2-10 and team. Uh, everything that is going on speaks poorly to Tomlin, obviously. The team's a disorganized mess. Nine penalties today. They had 12 men on the field once. Ten men on the field another time. Uh, you've got the total lack of discipline as exemplified by what Deontay did. Three penalties on special teams, and all by the special teams captain, Killebrew, no less. And, and people just don't see that Tomlin's doing a terrible job. Again, his poor performance is hiding in plain sight. And uh, you know who else needs to be taken to task for the way the Steelers conduct themselves and their disorganization, Tim, are the leaders. Guys like Cam Hayward and T.J. Watt, they're pretending to be leaders. They couldn't lead a hooker to bed with a fistful of 50s between them. 
teams with good leadership don't act like this. Don't do stuff like Deontay did. Don't take all these penalties. Don't play disorganized football. They have bad coaching and bad leadership, and it's time to stop pretending otherwise. The thing about Tomlin and this most recent and most obvious awful performance against a bad team, you know, for a while it looked like they had gotten away from that. They had seven chances to lose to bad teams after the bye last year. They won them all. As it turned out this year, Houston, their most awful loss so far this season before this one, not so bad upon further review because Houston's okay. But even Jalen Warren admitted, I guess just taking them lightly, lighter than we should have. Minka Fitzpatrick admitting afterwards, we didn't give the tight end the proper respect that he deserved. They're even admitting it now, Mark. They never even used to admit it before. Now they're admitting it when it comes to these bad losses. Yeah, but they still don't do anything to fix it, do they? You know, they're they're the worst kind of bad team. They're a bad team that thinks they're a good team. They don't have an underdog's perspective. They don't scrap and claw as a result. They just suck. There's nothing about the Steelers to like him. Am I wrong? Is there anything about the Steelers to like or even respect? I don't think so. I kept trying to talk myself into thinking they were going to avoid another one of those bad losses because of what you just said. They're not good enough. They just had to fire a coach in midseason, a coordinator in midseason, for the first time since before Pearl Harbor. You would think that would make it resonate with them that they can't take anybody lightly. I mean, do they honestly think that they had everything fixed on offense because they beat the Bengals? You know, I, I get it. This defense for the Cardinals on paper, is every bit as bad as the Bengals, but they couldn't have possibly thought that everything was fixed because of just one game. And the defense stinks too, Tim. The Cardinals go 15 plays, 99 yards to score right before the half ends. The defense had no takeaways. It had no sacks, no splash plays. And when this defense doesn't get splash plays, it's useless. This is a bad football team, Tim. We can parse all the players, both sides of the ball, special teams, penalties, sloppiness, all the sins, both individually and collectively, but this team just stinks, period. The defense allowed five third-down conversions in that 99-yard drive. They hadn't allowed any before that, and then they ended up, I believe, allowing 10 for the entire game against a bad team. And they let Connor be a factor. Connor has been a non-factor since he's come back from injury because Arizona's been so bad they couldn't just turn around and hand the ball to him. Uh, They didn't use him at all in the passing game even. And the Steelers just let him get pounded by their former teammate. It was ridiculous. Yeah, and I don't know where it goes from here. I mean, New England stinks too. They're 2-10, and ten, but so was Arizona. And New England allows barely any points at all. I think over the last three weeks, they have lost their games. They're 0-3 they're over that time, Tim, but they've lost their games. Let me refer to my notes here. They've lost their games by cumulative 26-13. to 13. They allow just no points. So to me, given the struggles of this Steeler offense, that makes this game a crapshoot. And they've already squandered their cushion for making the playoffs. And it really does make you wonder where it's headed. If they don't make the playoffs, boy, a lot of people are going to look really stupid on a national level for this song and dance about how great of a job Tomlin's doing when they were 7-4 and four just last week and in prime playoff position. If they let that slip... My God. Well, never mind that, Tim. If they if they miss the playoffs, Tomlin should be fired. He should have been fired a, a couple of years ago. They're just not going to fire him, but he's doing a terrible job. 
and everybody in town stooges for him. Heck, nationally, they stooge for him. Oh, that's where it's most obvious is on the national level because they don't look beyond the basic low-hanging fruit of he's never had a losing season. Well, look a little bit deeper into how they haven't had a playoff win either since 2017, and that might shed some real light on, on what this team has been. And by the way, Tim, I got those New England scores right here. They lost their last three games, 6 nothing, 10-7, 10-6, which should make for a real exciting Thursday night, <laughs> especially with the Steelers uh, so beat up. And But then again, that's I, I see that too, Tim. The, the Steeler fans are the biggest idiots in the world. They're excusing today's game, a lot of them, because of the injuries. Injuries are unfortunate, but they happen to every team, and they had nothing to do with the nuts and bolts of today's loss. My gosh, Mark, I'm looking at it right now. According to Bet Rivers, Pittsburgh and New England, it's an over-under of 32.5. I can't remember the last time I've seen an over-under in the NFL under 33 points. That's unbelievable. Wasn't Pittsburgh-Cleveland 33.5? It may have been. It, oh, because the two backup quarterbacks. Yeah, it may have been. And Pittsburgh, this is the weird thing. <laughs> They're only projecting 32 points. They got the Steelers as a six-point favorite. The Steelers shouldn't be a six-point favorite over anybody. I don't care how bad New England is. New England can't score, though. I mean, this is probably a battle. I, I don't think this will be borne out statistically, Tim. Probably the battle of the two worst offenses in football. That's 100% accurate. Um, and you know what, Mark? Yeah, I want to go back to your point about Pickett and how he has not panned out. The other thing that needs to be talked about, too, is I get what you're saying. People throw a lot of crap at Trubisky because they don't want to do it for Pickett. But if you're willing to acknowledge how bad Pickett is, um, I think we should also point out they just swung and missed on what was supposed to be plan A, which was Trubisky. Remember, they signed Trubisky to be the starter until they figured out they could draft Pickett. They got them both wrong, it looks like. They've gotten everything wrong. The offensive line stinks. The uh, wide receivers are divas who don't produce. They totally forgot about Pat Fryermuth today. They've just gotten everything wrong, especially offensively. And, Tim, I don't know. Let's go back to what I said about the leaders. Don't you agree these leaders have let this team down horribly? It certainly hasn't translated any results. I mean, like, there's been multiple times where there's been pull-yourself-up-by-the-bootstraps moments over the last six years, and... We hearken back to, with, with great fondness to former leaders like Palomalu and Ferrier and all those guys. Well, these leaders haven't been them, not by a long shot. Well, Farrier and Palomalu and Fanica and them, the leaders that Cower left for Tomlin, they made Tomlin a good coach. Not, not so much that he left a team that would win a Super Bowl, although they did. He left leaders that could keep the uh, culture of the team alive from the Cowher era to the Tomlin era until a few years later just absolutely dropped dead and is still dead. You look at the line of succession, Tim. When I think of leaders, I don't think of, you know, like Pulamalu having passed the torch to Hayward. It's a new line of leadership and a negative line of leadership with A.B. to Juju to Claypool to Deontay to Pickens, and they all stir the drink bad. Mark Madden with us from 105.9 The X. Madden Monday here on Trib Live, the Fans First Network. Mark, about the Penguins and their run of games since we last spoke, uh, particularly the Flyers contest most recently. Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, and they'll miss because of the power play. Uh, the power play is not going to get fixed. They are not doing what needs to be done, which is put Sid on the right circle. They are not simplifying it. And they are putting Geno's feelings, because he's the only guy who'll get boo-boo face 
if he doesn't play where he wants to in the power play, and they're just going to let him stay there forever where Sid should be until it just even falls apart more than it has, if that's possible. I mean, 0 for 4 against Philadelphia, and you're losing the shootout. That's that's pretty easy to, to, to draw conclusions, isn't it? I'm with you on the power play. I mean, I think the only area where you and I might differ on the power play is uh, I'm not as concerned about the right circle thing as I am the complete lack of net front presence. Yeah, oh, that's a huge problem too, no question. Uh, but the but the right circle thing, like there's no obvious candidate to go in front of the net. Mm-hmm. Sid's the obvious candidate to be in the right circle. I like your Anderson idea from uh, Montreal though. Right, but we can't trade anybody from the gang, Tim. We can't let Rusty go. We love Rusty. Yay, Rusty. And Jake, Jake, Jake plays so good with Sid. Gotta keep Jake. And they're not even the core, technically. I thought the core was supposed to be about just Malkin, Crosby, and Latang. Should have traded Malkin in 18, Tim. Said it then. It's been proven right. Mark, do you share any... Um... I know college football is not your thing. You would all put off by them leaving Florida State out and going with the four that they did. Well, I'm not put off because I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't watch it. But you know why I don't watch it? Because stuff like this? this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, they left an undefeated champion of a Power 5 conference out. How do you possibly justify that? And this stuff with, well, their quarterback got hurt, right? Because it's not a team game. You know, the way they're set up allows them to finagle – on behalf of superior brands like Alabama and the SEC, and that's exactly what they did here. Yeah, it's branding about the SEC more than it is the ACC, and I know they're a conference call and all this, but what are you going to do? I mean, like, this is exactly where the sport is going, which is why it's beyond fixable at this point until the whole thing gets blown up and becomes a different format. Well, even when they do the 12-team format, Tim, they're going to allow do-overs. It'll just be a, a less ostentatious way of, of, of getting in the brand names. Before we go, Mark, how was Kiss? Uh, very good, Tim. Both nights. Uh, they definitely picked their game up on their way out the exit. You know, the last couple times I saw them, which was in uh, Pittsburgh. Boy, that's a while ago now. Youngstown a while ago. Uh, I've seen them a number of times on this quote-unquote farewell tour. But uh, this is the best I've seen them in quite some time. Uh, you, you know, there's some things I wish they would have done. Like, I wish they would have brought Ace and Peter back for even one song. Like, Peter to sing Beth, Ace to sing Shock Me. But I also understand they didn't want to detract from from Eric Singer and Tommy Thayer and the role they've played since replacing uh, Peter Chris Nace Fraley. You know, the night was mostly about, you know, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley. And I, I can't criticize that either. I, I'm just nitpicking for stuff I wish they would have done. You know, as always, I would change the set list a little bit. But, uh, you know, the stage show, the, the confetti, the pyro, the uh, Paul Stanley coming into the crowd. Uh, Tim, I, I got to credit Madison Square Garden, too, because my seat for last night, I get to my seat, right? It's end row. I'm sitting next to a couple with two toddlers. Four people, including the toddlers, in two seats. And I sit down. I swear to God, Tim, the one kid's already crawling into my lap. Oh, no. <laughs> and I look at I look at the mother and I say, I like kind of like, like say, what the, you know what I mean? And she acts like it's my fault. Okay? So I went to, I went to MSG Customer Service because there was still some time before the show. And, Tim, you know where they put me? They put me in a luxury suite. You're kidding, really? No, they totally understood where I was coming from and, uh, 
you know, it was an expensive ticket. They all were for, for the final night. So they, I give MSG credit. I've always been a big fan of the world's greatest arena and, uh, and they definitely came through for me. My four-night residency resulted in a Rangers win, a Knicks win, uh, two great KISS shows. I went to see Monty Python Spamalot, my first Broadway show ever. Two Liverpool wins at Carragher's New York City, this great Liverpool bar. So Yeah, that was a hell of a game for Liverpool, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, two late goals to overcome a 3-2 deficit. It makes me realize, Tim, why I want to quit so badly. Hey, um, I've never seen a concert at MSG. So, like, take me through how they lay it out as opposed to the basketball court. Oh, it's just like any any hockey or basketball arena with concerts. So just they plop it right in the middle. Then they don't kind of push it like back in one end zone of the hockey rink. No, right? it, it is in one end zone. Oh, I, it is? I, no, it, that, you're talking about in the round. I, I've seen very few concerts in the round. That is kind of a special occasion type thing. No, Kiss had the stage at one end, as was typically. You know, you know what is great too. They do all like I don't know if this is good or bad, but it's Kiss who were very delightfully schlocky. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Like, Paul Stanley's stage rap was exactly the same from night one to night two, which means it's exactly the same the whole tour. <laughs> he didn't change it at all for the last shows ever, right? Yeah. Like, we couldn't have done this without all of you. <laughs> you know, but, but, but it's, still, it's still great. I mean, Gene spits blood, he spits fire. You know, uh, Eric Singer pretends to play piano when he sings Beth, which is Peter Chris's song. Like, you can always tell, Tim, when a guy is pretending to play the piano, the piano faces the audience. He's behind the piano. So he's not really hitting the keys and he's just kind of going to the movie. He's moving to a tape, yeah. right. Eric Singer can't play the piano well enough to play Beth live. <laughs> he's a drummer, for heck's sake. Uh, like Brian Wilson did that sadly from the Beach Boys at the end of his solo stuff. Uh-huh. He was so old. They, they instead of having the piano side saddle where you could play him like Elton John does, he was behind it so you couldn't see him. And, you know, whatever. It, none of that stuff bugs me, but it's just. But last night was so quintessentially kiss. Mark Madden, quintessentially Mark Madden tomorrow. Three until six. Be listening to him on oh, 105. Tim, Tim, Tim. After that loss to Arizona, I will be much more than quintessential, believe me. This is Madden Monday.